As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure, as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now, for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com. What happens if you have a state change the law saying that, that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that, is that legit under the way the, the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history, in recent American history. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's the MAGA crowd, but okay. What, that's Joe Biden. That's your president just a little bit ago. Welcome to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable, hateful curmudgeon. I like my cl- my coffee bitter and black like my heart. So I don't know where he's getting that with that. They're trying to sit here and say that somehow having the states determine something like this, I guess, means that kids aren't going to want to go to class with Gay kid? What does that even mean? I mean, what if they pass the law that prevents, you know, the son of the president of the United States from doing blow off a hooker's backside? I mean, you know what? <laughs> what if? There's a lot of things here, right? There's a lot of what ifs. I'm just saying. It's true, Kane, though, right? He was also he also talked about a bunch of class warfare, and I just can't hear him without wondering, you know, is, when does Hunter pay his fair share? So it's day, what is this, day two of this? Stuff yeah. is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Day two of the fighting over. Uh, uh, well, I it really it's it's a bunch of people who aren't biologists. So I don't even know why we're talking about this. No, it's day for of this. I just look. I think that people's patience is going to be very. They're really gonna. It's really gonna get tested. If you're going to screech about this. All the way up until November. By that time, we'll be in a recession if we haven't been blown up by China or Russia. So I'm just, I just don't think if Democrats think that this is the best way to 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 get mot- to motivate people to the polls, they're going to have to. And I wrote about this in my email newsletter, which you should get. They're they're going to have to articulate why it is that. They're, like the whole men's rights things, they're 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 going to have to first off define what a woman is, but they're going to have to define when life begins and how life is ended through voluntary termination. And the second thing, and I was thinking about this last night, <clears throat> you know, second and third wave feminism. If you didn't bore yourself to death by wasting your money and spending it. To pay the salary of some Birkenstock wearing, nut eating, half made of tofu, 
women's studies professor and you didn't go and learn all the illustrious differences between second and third wave feminism, just think of it like this. J.K. Rowling is considered more second wave feminism. Right. She's kind of what they consider like an old school. Think 70s, 60s to 70s era feminist. And then all of the feminist stuff that came after that is what they call third wave. And that's basically, you know, the trans and they don't they don't see any differences while also undermining women's rights. It's complete irony. So can second waivers abide by the erasure of the female sex as a trade for all access abortion? And then can third wave, and those are the pronouns and the cis using people, can they work for abortion with TERFs? Trans exclusion revolutionary feminists. Trans exclusionary revolutionary feminists. And this is also, like I said, it's not going to be an electoral boon this November. I was listening to uh, someone speaking on uh who was i think it was jessica tarlov i i happen to like jessica tarlov and she was speaking in favor of abortion yesterday and i caught some of it i was doing some work and i had some calls to do and i caught some of her she had this very impassioned uh plea as to why she supports uh roe v wade etc and how uh you know she was talking about unwanted pregnancies and things like that and being able to have that access and i was listening to this entire thing and it was sort of the same conversation that uh, that old uh, uh, perverted uh, pappy uh, Howard Stern uses. It's a bra argument. Why is it that no one ever has the conversation about how to stop unwanted pregnancies before they start? Why can't we just have some common sense birth control discussion? That's a big thing. That's That seems to, and I, I see that argument being used over and over again where people are like well you know if you're if you're not going to take care of all these unwanted children that a friend of mine had made the remark that i just don't get how people think that if you won't pay for my kid's babysitter we get to kill the kid is like a very compelling argument it doesn't seem like it is right i mean that seems kind of hardcore but at the same time I don't know why we can't have this, uh, the conversation about how to stop, how to prevent this, how to prevent pregnancy. I mean, we all know cause and effect, right? Do we seriously have to have this conversation? I mean, I thought all these broads were empowered and educated and all this stuff, but apparently not. If you, they don't even know how they got here on planet Earth. Hell, do they even know if they're women? Are they biologists? Does anybody even know? I mean, we all could be, I mean, aliens are sitting back watching us destroy each other over political correctness. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's amazing. And that's exactly what's happening. I had uh, someone, I made this comment today, because I mentioned that old, I don't even, what's his name, Howard Stern? I've never actually listened to him. Didn't he used to be edgy at some point? Now he's just like this old, desiccated weirdo. Right? Yeah, I have the audio here. I don't know if I do. I want to play. It's really short and it's dumb. Yeah, go ahead and play it because he's dumb. Let's uh, let's introduce him to let a me younger tell you audience. Something. Here's what I say: All unwanted children mm-hmm. should be allowed to live at the Supreme Court building with those justices, and they should raise every one of those babies. That crackpot uh, Clarence Thomas and that wife mm-hmm. and all of them that they could wife. raise these babies. So, raise these babies. What a bra argument, man! You just want to like. Go to Poundtown without any responsibility at all whatsoever? 
That's all I hear from these bras. It's a bra argument. And it's always these dudes making this argument. Yeah, they should raise these unwanted kids. How about you, Daddy? How about you be raising these kids? Why is that never, that never comes up in this conversation? Instead, you know what? All these dumb women got hoodwinked into thinking that, oh, this is a, this is a conversation about my rights. Some bruh led some broad to believe that this is an argument over her reproductive rights. No one forced you to have sex. No one forced you to engage in the act. Okay? It doesn't accidentally happen. You don't fall down one day and, like, find yourself in this compromising position. It doesn't happen that way. You know, the saddest thing for me when I mentioned Tarlov, I was, the thing that she was saying was that, uh, and what I shared with you yesterday, how the majority of abortions obtained, they're not from, you know, teenagers in the backseat of cars that are that are engaging in the act. That's not what's doing this. What it is is it's it's older Older women who have already been mothers who are using it as birth control. She said using it as a form of family planning. No, it's birth control. I mean, the family planning, you plan before the act. That's usually how that works. That's what planning's all about. Kane, do you plan for a trip after you go on it? No. You don't, do you? No. Yeah, you don't plan for that. Do you plan to move into a house after you've already moved into it? No. Doesn't work that way either, does it? And I was listening and thinking, how sad is that? Because you're basically talking about a subsection of women that already should know better. We're talking about grown folks here. You're grown. You should know better. Kane's got this mystery man wisdom here. This mystery man that, you remember that, what, what was that guy's name? The Phoenix? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. It's true. It is true. It just doesn't make it what nobody sits here. Nobody talks about any of this stuff. No one's I because I saw this again. It's bra logic. It is totally bra logic. This whole all of it. Well, you know, they should they should just raise every unwanted child. Well, what about not making unwanted children? Well, that's my right to do that. Oh, but you don't see with rights come responsibilities. And here we are. See, people want to engage in all the wild recreational activity that they want to. But when it comes time to take responsibility, oh, no, 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 they don't want to do that. And then you got the bras out there. Hey, women. Hey, hey, Uh, just it's about your rights. You know, they're trying to control your body. (gasps) Oh, they are. Yes, they are. They're trying to totally control your body. You better go out there and protest, girl. You don't, you don't want to raise a baby. I mean, I'm sure as hell don't. You don't want to raise a baby. Do you see? This is, this is where it is. And now you got these women out here hoodwinked by all these progressive betas to go and advocate against their own interests. And they just go into it. They just walk headfirst into it. It's just the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It's like wa- watching chickens walk into KFC. This is a great place. Look at this. They're really laying out the red carpet for us. Jeez. This is the argument. Nobody wants to. And apparently it's taboo to talk about taking responsibility. Oh, I made people mad. I've made, I've made some people mad. I, I, and I see some people that have good instincts. You know, they're like, I think, you know, women, there should be a system to ensure that they're cared for. That's, you know, that's a use of my tax, that's a valuable use of my taxpayer dollars. No, it's not. A use of my taxpayer dollars is caring for my own fam family. That's the good use of my taxpayer dollars. 
Keep your knees kissing if you don't want to have the consequence of it. And don't sit here and use a rare less than one fewer than one percent of all uh, abortions and or pregnancies uh, th- don't sit here and use the very rare exception of rape or incest as a way to justify universal taxpayer funded 24 7 up till the baby crowns abortion on demand it used to be safe legal and rare that was their whole thing and they changed it that was their whole thing in the 70s i grew up all in the 80s and 90s hearing safe legal and rare I mean, I, I, I don't know why people just can't be responsible for their own actions. Makes no sense to me. Let's flash back to Joe Biden in 2006. Listen to this. It's going to be very difficult. I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. And they ought to be able to have a common ground and consensus as to do that. Hmm. What changed? Oh, popular, well, opinion within the Democrat Party opinion he sent a letter to a constituent one time new york times had this piece where he was bragging about voting over 50 times against abortion funding i mean he was hardcore against it now that changed maybe it changed after hunter started knocking up all these people i don't know maybe it was that (laughs) it's true (laughs) poor one (laughs) it's true though man if you guys think i'm bad now wait until i i'm an old lady and i just have no filter because I'm going to use my oldness. When I'm an old lady, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm old. I'm a senior citizen. I can't, I can't have a filter. In my it's going to get worse, just, let, just so you know. We have, let me just give you a rundown, because we've got some tech stuff. There's a big, crazy story. The CDC used the location data on a million cell phones, over millions of cell phones, of our cell phones, to track lockdown compliance. Service is what drives them. Well, service and a ton of caffeine. We all know that first responder communities mean a lot to those that they serve. And Black Rifle Coffee wants to give you the opportunity to support those who stand strong on the front lines. From now through May 15th, you can gift a coffee club subscription to your local department, donate directly to first responder charities, or join the coffee club and have a portion of the sale go to those charities. With everything a coffee lover could ask for, Black Rifle Coffee Company develops their explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as military military members serving this great nation. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana and use code Dana at checkout to get 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. Now through May 15th, gift a coffee club subscription to your local department or join the coffee club and have a portion of the sale go directly to those charities. And use code Dana at checkout to get 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana and use code Dana. Black Rifle Coffee, America's Coffee. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Holy wow, I don't know if you guys saw this video, but Dave Chappelle got attacked on stage at the Hollywood Bowl last night. That was wild. So a guy, they've they've arrested the guy, a 23-year-old named Isaiah Lee. He got booked for felony assault. Apparently, what, he had a pocket knife and a replica gun? It was a replica handgun. It had a blade inside of it, so it was like a pocket gun knife i don't actually know was i'm trying to figure out I, I is that like the crazy attachments that we all make fun of on the guns i'm just curious anyway he uh he i mean it he De Chappelle was on stage in the middle of his routine and it was for this netflix special 
and Lee ran out and jumped him, and he got his arm broken in the process. I don't know because when when cops got him, they had the he resisted, so they roughed him up. His arm was broken, and he has a knot on his head that is almost as big as his entire head. So man, it was. And then Chris Rock came out on stage because he was there as well as, as Chappelle's guest, and he goes, "Was that Will Smith?" It was too funny. Oh man! But see, what is that? Was that a precedent that Smith, a precedent that Smith created there? I'm just saying. The uh, let's see, the United Nations decided to get it. We didn't ask the United Nations what I thought about what we were doing here in the United States, so they decided to weigh in anyway because they've, you know, they they don't need an invitation to get involved in everyone else's sovereign business. Their Secretary General. Uh, the same organization that turned a blind eye when women were being raped by UN quote-unquote peacekeepers in Bosnia. The Secretary General believes that women's rights are fundamental to pursuing gender equality because, you know, women want to be able to abort just like men can have abortions, I guess. Is that what he's getting to? Like, what is this stupid, this stupid, like, word salad from these people? So, yeah, that was the United Nations. Uh, J.D. Vance wins over Joshua Mandel in the Ohio Senate primary. We're going to talk about what that means and how media is going to divert their attention from Ohio to talk about Trump's short coattails when Brian Kemp uh, wins over David Perdue in Georgia in just a few weeks. Stick with us. If there's only one word to remember about Keltec, it's innovation. A privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one-of-a-kind American-made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P-15 9mm Striker Fire Pistol. The P-15 is Keltec's first Striker Fire handgun and is the lightest and thinnest of its kind, featuring a totally unique patent-pending extended magazine. The P-15 pistol's other features include fiber optic front sight and adjustable rear, ambidextrous safety and magazine release, as well as a gator grip texture that increases stability and makes for easy, accurate handling. The P-15 is fun on the range, but it's definitely great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P-15 9mm Striker Fire Pistol and all other kel weapons and products, check out kel That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. kel creating innovative, quality fire Firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Lose access to abortion immediately and outright. Those Republican leaders who are trying to weaponize the use of the law against women. Will we say, how dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? How dare they try to stop her from determining her own future? No one did that. When you chose to lay down on your back, no one forced you to do that. And that's what we're talking about. Welcome back to the show. I mean, if you don't like the terms that I'm describing it, I'm just being real because everyone else wants to talk about it in these kitten and sunshine terms. And I think that that allows people to skirt the responsibility of the discussion. It's a very heavy topic. You're talking about voluntarily ending a life. I mean, if you want to be for the abortion, be for abortion, but be honest about what you're being for. We're not going to sit here and try to wrap it up in this veneer of women's rights or something like that. Be honest, because it's not just women that's involved here, although women pay the highest cost for it because it's women who are mainly aborted. So if you if you're going to support it, 
then you got to support be like support it. Don't be a coward. I question the people who can't talk about it in the very real terms that the seriousness, the severity of the subject requires. You're talking about ending a life. That's exactly what it is. No one's forcing people to have sex. Welcome back to the show. That's the vice president of the United States who should know about cause and effect, right? We were taught about this. We were taught cause and effect in school, right? This idea that this is somehow robbing women of the ability to control their bodies is wild to me. Because women, are you telling me that women are, are incapable of controlling their bodies when they engage in the, art of pro, the, the act of procreation? Are you telling me that women are unable to control their bodies when they willfully choose to engage in that action? Do people understand? I mean, do you want me to describe in detail how abortions are done? I mean, how you have to evacuate the uterus after? You're, you're usually it's a it's it's done if you're by dissolving or dismembering. I mean, you have arms and legs that are fully formed and you're ripping them off and then you have to suction them out of the uterus. You I mean, we understand this, right? This is what we're talking about. Or you're dissolving a child that has a heartbeat. But I get it. There are people out there who ha- they are bigoted towards different forms of development. That's the pathway to euthanasia. I get it. There are people out there that say, oh, well, you know, it's entirely dependent upon the woman, which is irrelevant to the fact that because it presupposes that it wasn't a voluntary choice to engage in the action that runs risk of this effect. But I digress. Um, If we're going to have the argument that anything that is dependent upon someone else that has to be taken into consideration to determine whether or not they are worthy of life, the left is going to have a problem. It's um, it's a disingenuous argument because it ignores the fact that it is you're talking about consensual recreation and I and nor should you engage in the fallacy of assuming and I'm going from it's the Guttmacher Institute. It is a far left progressive think tank. Well, think tank. It's a it's a it's a entity that Planned Parenthood works with. It's their entity. They have it's on this thing that we call the Internet where you can get on it and you can publicly look. You can see exactly how much money Planned Parenthood earned last year. You can look at the demographics of everyone who goes and obtains of all the women who go and get abortions. You can look and you can see the ages, the race, everything. It's all publicly available online. I've written about this. I've linked to it a million times. Everybody should know it's online. These are their own numbers. The majority of women that obtain an abortion are themselves already mothers and they're older. They're not younger. And they do it as a form of birth control. I think it's inexcusable. If we're going to talk about rights, what about the right of someone that is being discriminated against because of their stage of development? You can't tell a woman what to do. That's just the thing. No one's telling women what to do. We're simply saying take responsibility for what you do. And that is not the same thing as telling you what to do. With rights come responsibility. If you want to sleep with whoever you want to sleep with, fine, but you better take responsibility for the effects of that action. Cause and effect. And if you can't do it, then maybe don't do mama stuff. 
See, empowered women understand that with certain things, there's a cause and effect. And they understand that every time that they are engaging in the act of procreation, that they are running risk of themselves becoming pregnant. If they are unwilling to deal with the responsibilities of said risk, then maybe perhaps they should either not engage in the act or they should become big fans of birth control. Now, this is where I want to point out to you that a reminder here. And I remember the day this happened. It was Democrats, not Republicans, that blocked over-the-counter birth control. And people were saying, oh, well, it was because they were, uh, Republicans were trying, were trying to make it, uh, they, you know, they, they were trying to make it super expensive. Do you, people who've never purchased birth control do not realize how stupid that argument is. You can go get stuff at Costco and Target super cheap. I don't want to hear it. I see people with their phones more expensive than their birth control five times, hand over fist more. Democrats blocked it. Why? Because Planned Parenthood opposed it. Why do you think, why would a for-profit entity that suckers people in with birth control, why do you think that they would be opposed to you just being able to bypass them and go to a counter and just get it your damn self, pay nine bucks? Why do you? Why do you think that they would oppose that? Oh, you mean because it cuts them out of getting paid. Shocker, shocker. No wonder. So never, ever forget. Republicans tried this. This is back in the early aughts. Mid-aughts, maybe. And Democrats blocked it. This was even after a 2017 Kaiser Family Foundation survey showing three quarters of women of reproductive ages supported over-the-counter access to birth control pills. And Democrats said, no, I don't think so. You got the receipts on that in the email prep, which is why you need to sign up for my newsletter, because you already have the receipts on that. Reminder that it was Biden that proposed a constitutional amendment to overturn Roe v. Wade and bragged to a constituent that he voted against abortion funding over 50 times. Hmm. And you wonder why people are voting the way they do. You wonder why. Pretty amazing. I'm going to tell you what. I've had this conversation so many times since I was in college. I am so damn tired of this drama queen crap. I'm so tired of it. Kane, you're a man. Are you tired of hearing this bitchery? Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to preach about responsibility when it comes to, like, the vaccine. Like, oh, you've got to be responsible for others. And then somehow that argument is abandoned when Mm. we talk about this. Another great point about that, and I sent this out last night. I love the point that was uh, made by this. And it was, I think I have it in here. There's this tweet from this woman who was saying, I'm seeing a lot of no one should tell a woman what she can or can't do with her body tweets from the same people who had absolutely no empathy for women who were concerned about getting the COVID vaccine because they feared it might negatively affect their reproductive health. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Everybody's, women, everybody's menstrual cycles were all screwed up. Women who were getting fertility treatments so they could desperately have a, a risk getting pregnant. 
they <clears throat> they were affected by this. So many people were affected, and nobody would answer you. You were called uh, an anti-vax bigot. Women were shamed for asking about this. I was shamed after I was on Fox because I went in for my my annual well visit, and before my doctor did the my breast examination. He was like, now have you had the vaccine because, and I'm like, why is, why are they asking that? Oh, because apparently there can be effects that mimic apparently something else. And it, and so doctors want to know what they're dealing with. Why was that not widely discussed with women? Women were purposefully left in the dark because government was more obsessed with keeping control than making sure that women had all of the information that we could. You want to talk about making health assessments? I don't want to hear that garbage from the people that were pushing this stuff. It's infuriating. I, I, I just get so disappointed with my own sex over this kind of this stuff. I really do. We're going to come back to it because I got more stuff to talk to you about. Speaking of control and coronavirus, I know you guys saw this crazy story. This is pretty amazing. The CDC actually used data from millions of cell phones to track lockdown compliance. Ken Griffith, the Daily Mail. They paid for location data harvested from millions of cell phones to track compliance with coronavirus lockdown measures. $420,000 for a year of access to cell phone location data from data brokerage SafeGraph. This was a... Uh, first reported by Vice News and then, then later by Daily Mail. The data was aggregated, so it was to show general trends rather than movements of specific phones, but I don't care. Do you care about that? I don't care about that. The CDC and SafeGraph did not respond to messages asking for comment. And they had planned to use the data to to analyze compliance with curfews, track patterns of people visiting K-12, through and monitor the effectiveness of the policy in Navajo Nation. Unbelievable. And they said that it was, uh, it was because, they said it was part of their, it was critical part of their ongoing response efforts. Why would they need to track? They, hey, guess what? You want to know some of the shocking stuff that they saw, Kane? Uh, visits to bars and restaurants decreased. What? See, this is all nonsense. Spying. We have more to come, including the new announcements, new inclusions to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What happened to the rock and roll part of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Ian Winter uses this like his personal popularity booster. You know that? Can't stand that dude. Uses it as a way. It's a butt kissing exercise. It's an exercise in vanity. You know what I'm saying? Like some of these people that have been nominated, I'm like, how in the hell did you get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's not the Music Hall of Fame. It's Rock and Roll. We'll talk about this here coming up. As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure 
culture as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beets Heart Shoes has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now, for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Dana Lash here with you. Welcome back. I don't know why I always have, I don't, I don't know if I have high expectations, but I'm always disappointed with every time I see like any kind of rock and roll Hall of Fame nominees, people who are going to be inducted. And the reason being is because I just, you know, I thought that this was, you know, rock and roll, right? And I like a lot of these people that are being nominated this year. So they have Pep Benatar. Pep Benatar is rock and roll. I, yeah, Duran Duran is nominated. Duran Duran's rock and roll. Duran Duran's one of the best bands that ever came out of the 80s. I mean, it's just really, they have just such a great sound. The the guitar, the bass, I mean, they're just so good. And I really think, too, that John Taylor does not get his due. I'm just saying, John Taylor, his man, I'm telling you what. So, some of these other ones, though. Now, I love Lionel Richie. I love Lionel Richie. I mean, what's the, uh, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of, like, there's not a Lionel Richie song I don't like. But is Lionel Richie rock and roll? No. Like, when I think of rock and roll, I think fist in the air. I'm going to go, you know, go kick some heads in or something. It's like just short of punk. Punk is a little bit more sober rebellion, whereas rock and roll is more of a sloppy brawler. Does that make sense? And I feel like just, I don't think of that when I think of uh, Lionel Richie. I just, there's so many. Dolly Parton, I love Dolly Parton. And I don't think of rock and roll. She's a great songwriter. Great. So give me a little, uh, give me a little all night long from Lionel Richie. Just can pull some, put some all night long in my ear. I mean, what, there's not, oh my gosh, there's so many great, and Lionel Richie with the Commodores? I mean, come on. Dolly Parton, one of the greatest songwriters ever. See, listen to this. You cannot hear this from Lionel Richie and not be happy. Oh, my gosh. Like, if I'm, look, if I'm going to be chilling in my backyard, you know, maybe I'm going to be having a brew. I'm going to be sitting and watching the sunset. What am I going to be playing? I'm going to be playing me some Lionel. I'm just saying. Love me some Lionel. Great song and a great performer. I don't know anyone else who wears sequins vest and also sweat guards on their wrist all at the same time, but he made it work. Now you also have Judas Priest, who, it, now that is rock and roll. I do agree with that. That is acceptable. Yes, it does require my, my consent. He's got, Judas Priest, the group, is going to be receiving Musical Excellence Award. Harry Belafonte. What, Harry Belafonte is not rock and roll. Now, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, I'm torn on this. Because Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, great producers. And you know that they did Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814 album. A good portion of Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814 was rock and roll. Because there were no, I know that entire album by heart. If I could, I, that came out when I was in junior high. I can karaoke every single syllable with precision. And I knew the whole dance routine 
from Rhythm Nation. Knew the whole thing. It was just great. It was done in this Ansel Adams black and white kind of stuff. It was very cool. They produced that whole album. A lot of electric guitars, a lot of rock and roll on that. It was pop rock. So that, actually, I'm a little, I'm like, okay, I can get that. You got the Sugar Hill Records founder. Uh, there's some Sugar Hill Records stuff that I think kind of tips the line into rock and roll. But some of this stuff, like, look, don't, like, uh, Pat Benatar, definitely rock and roll. Eurythmics, yeah, I can be persuaded that they were just, they were, they were enough rock and roll more so than pop. Eminem, I just don't like him, and I don't understand why he uses a Sharpie to draw his facial hair. I don't get it. Yes, is he a great rapper? Yes, he's a great rapper. But he's annoying. He went from being rebellious to being a suck-up, and it's just not cool anymore. But Dolly Parton being in rock and roll, love Dolly Parton, but it's the rock and roll museum. Like, I don't even think that they should have, like, this whole thing. They should just be in a dive bar with warm beer and just be, you know, backpats, and that's it. Get off the stage. Get lost. They're ruining it. The corporatization of rock. Stick with us. Second hour on the way. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately, we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms, and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible and gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government-regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals, and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Bork believed the only reason you had any inherent rights was because the government gave them to you. If you go back and look at the opening comments of the Bork Biden when I was questioning him as chairman, I said, I believe I have the rights that I have, not because the government gave them to me, which you believe, but because I'm just a child of God. I exist. I delegated by joining this union here to delegate some obligation, some rights I have to the governments for, for social good. So the- what? He gave his rights to the government for social good. That's, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Good to be with you. My friend Andy McCarthy is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Um, I have some, we have some things to discuss. He gave his rights to the government. So, you know, it's okay now. That's about, mm-hmm. uh, I One thing I wanted to bring up to you, and I realized I accidentally put this in, apparently it was really important to me because I put it in the rundown twice. I put it in literally the rundown email twice. So, you know, I saw the story that Motherboard, which is like a tech subsect of Vice, and it's all garbage. They um, had this, uh, piece where they were saying that I'm going to try to say this correctly misoprostol misoprostol M- misoprostol okay. I don't know it's relatively easy to acquire from veterinary sources since in addition to medically inducing abortions it's also used to treat ulcers in horses do you guys remember when 
people were using would get prescriptions from their actual medical doctors to like myself to use ivermectin to treat their symptoms and everyone was freaking out and was saying you're using horse medicine this horse medicine that's stupid but it's okay to use horse medicine to kill babies <laughs> so legit question right i mean i can ask that question you can use the horse medicine to go and voluntarily terminate a pregnancy wait is it is wait can we just get is horse medicine good or bad now i'm confused is it good i think it's good for horses no i mean but like what if you have a pregnancy that could turn into a child can you like yamish almador we'll get into that (laughs) I just remembered that they were saying, oh, my gosh, y'all are taking stuff for horses. Yeah. And, you know, horses also drank water, too. But I just think, I guess horse stuff is okay now. I just wanted to establish that. Could not, you know. And and Motherboard also went after uh, everybody from Rogan, anybody who used the horse dewarming drug. Very interesting. All right, so a few things. Last night, J.D. Vance won the Ohio primary over Josh Mandel. Normally, I don't like to get into primaries of different states because I don't care. But the reason that I'm bringing this up is because I want you to remember the way the media has reacted to this. They've been kind of quiet, haven't they? I mean, not media on the right, but media on the left has been kind of quiet about this, right? So you've had... um, Trump, who was in Ohio, not just Trump, but I think Junior, too, was in Ohio endorsing Vance. I don't dislike or like Vance. I don't know. I don't know him, so I don't know. I just I do know that he called Trump a Nazi one time. Um, But uh, and I know that Mandel's run for office quite a bit. I was really interested in looking at the turnout, especially in some of these areas where it's always been a little bit competitive. And like you have situations now with uh, in a number of these different areas where Republicans were really competitive and even outperformed Democrats in terms of turnout for a number of these Ohio area uh, uh, counties in Ohio. Uh, So Vance wins over Mandel. The media is going to be quiet about this. It's being used by the GOP to 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 really to tout Trump's coattails that the former president still has coattails and he can drag people across the finish line. They're going to be quiet about that. But what's going to happen is when Georgia votes in their primary, I I think early voting for Georgia, I want to say it starts next week, but I could be wrong. They vote at the end of this month in Georgia in their primary. And you have Brian Kemp going facing off against uh, David Perdue. And uh, I think I think we've had both on the show before. I can't even really remember. Uh, Perdue was he ran in that special election as well. And they had a, 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 it's been a very feisty primary, right? And Kemp and Trump obviously are at odds. And there's been a lot of back and forth because of the, um, you know, the, the, with the voting and all of that. And I think Trump felt that Kemp didn't do enough and he was upset over a number of the, uh, the way a lot of the things were handled there. Of course, I will say that turnout in Georgia was actually really bad. And I think some of it was if you're telling people that there's going to be so much cheating and then people don't go out and vote. I mean, there's something to that. You got to be really careful with the messaging on that. But what's going to happen is because I think Kemp, I was looking at polls. Uh, Kemp has a lead over Purdue in this primary and Kemp's going to win it. Uh, but Kemp is going to, he's going to be, 
he'll be leading over Purdue. He's going to win over Purdue. And what's going to happen is the media is going to gloss over Vance's win in Ohio over Mandel in that primary. And they're going to say, oh, look, Trump went, he backed Purdue and Kemp won anyway. And they're going to use that to establish this narrative that Trump doesn't have any coattails. Just keep that in mind. Like I said, I normally don't get involved in primaries of all these other different states. Very rarely do I. And I always reserve the right to. But I just, excuse me, I... One of the reasons I don't like getting involved in people's races is because I feel like that's everybody's responsibility that lives in that area. It's not my responsibility to make sure one of your guys wins, right? So I'm like, that's y'all's responsibility. Y'all get in there and do it. But I, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I want you to watch how the media behaves, how they're, gonna, they're going to behave with us. They're ignoring what happened in Ohio, but they're going to come. They're watching and they're they're. They, I bet you they already have their headlines written. They already have their narratives ready to rock and they're going to start firing. They're going to use that as a way to chip away at, at ultimately voter confidence. And they're going to say, look at this. Trump endorsed Purdue against Kemp. And uh, this is uh, this. Look, he doesn't have any coattails. He can't you know, do he can't bring anyone across the line. They're going to ignore what happened in Ohio while they also simultaneously ignore that Joe Biden can't even go and campaign with anybody because he is so in the red. You have Democrats that are running to center. That man is like poison to somebody's campaign. It reminds me of uh, Barack Obama in go. Uh, this was midterms of his. I want to say his ser- second or first term because he, well, even before then, because I remember he was going, there was a discussion as to whether or not he was going to come in. No, maybe you're right. It was 2014 because uh, McCaskill wouldn't bring him into fundraise. McCaskill previously had him in to fundraise for her the first time she ran for Senate. They weren't doing it the second time because his negatives were so high. And everyone was kind of staying away from him. It was very fascinating. So Joe Biden, he's not even going out and fundraising. Kamala Harris only fundraises on the West Coast because she can't really go anywhere else. Biden doesn't really do anything. He can't. He's, he's, he's poisonous. So just keep that in mind because I already see hints of it. It's not enough to get going yet, but that's what they're going to get ready to do. And that's going to take place at the end of this month. So just watch for that story. And then the media is going to have to come. They, they're going to promote this narrative that Trump's influence has waned while simultaneously you have their head of their party who can't fundraise or get anybody to win for the life of him. Who's out there saying that the MAGA you know, parties, that's the most dangerous political movement ever. So which is it? It's either waning or it's not. So keep that in mind. That's what they're going to be. That's what they're going to be setting it up to do. Uh, a couple of other things that I want to make sure we get into, because we've been talking a lot about, I know, the big overarching Roe v. Wade thing, but we've also been talking about uh, uh, control as it relates to the CDC tracking everybody's information. But also there was a very interesting article, let me bring this up here, that discusses these in, these this movement to push... Um, you know, all basically against Elon Musk with taking over, with getting, with getting over Twitter, taking over Twitter. And I was looking at this piece from CNN that was actually discussing this, and they were saying Brand should force Twitter 
to uphold content policies under Musk, says this advocacy group. Hmm. Because corporations are going to try to figure out how in the world they got to figure out how to. After everything with Disney, how to deal with the pushback from people like this, how to deal with this stuff. They you have this um, it's Clinton staffers. It's Soros and his Tides Foundation, which funds a whole bunch of stuff. That's a legitimate thing. And uh, European governments, there's this huge anti-Musk campaign that wants to use big corporations to push back against Twitter. Musk had tweeted, okay, so who's leading the charge on this? Who are the people who are doing this? He wanted to know who was behind all these groups signing this letter. So CNN has this piece where they say that uh, as they have the letter, it was sent to brands ahead of the 2022 New Fronts Digital Advertising Conference. And they said that marketers should secure commitments from Twitter to retain their most critical policies, including on civic integrity, hateful conduct, and threatened to withdraw funding if Twitter doesn't comply. The letter adds, quote, as top advertisers on Twitter, your brand risks association with a platform amplifying hate, extremism, health misinformation, uh, conspiracy theorists. Uh, Your ad dollars can either fund Musk's vanity project or hold him to account. Now it's a vanity project because Musk owns it. Yeah. So they're the ones, they're so upset over over censorship that now these corporations, and keep in mind, they're also watching what happened with Disney. You have these corporations that are saying, well, we'll use we'll use our platform. We'll use our dollars to to do to 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 try to influence and sway Musk's control of Twitter. We're going to talk about this more because I have a lot more. There's a bunch of points and I'll tell you who all signed on to it as well. Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights in the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. So you get the same great service. Plus, you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Mm-mm-mm. So, first thing, um, closing restaurants cost McDonald's $127 million dollars in the and this was in russia so because remember they closed all these that was it cost 127 million that's just first quarter of 2022 yeah that's a that's a lot you're close and a record number of americans also quit their jobs in the month of march according to the hill four and a half million americans new data released tuesday 
from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. It also showed 11.5 million jobs available as well, indicating a continued advantage for workers as companies and industries are all struggling trying to figure out how they're going to deal with staffing as well. Uh, Let's see. Also, they said that Russia's returning to the gold standard. Is China next? So at first, everyone thought Russia was going to go back to the ruble with gold. And it, but now apparently they said that and apparently China is going to also follow closely uh, and may do the same thing. This is according to a couple of different economists. Uh, there's one source uh, that says that the new monetary system, it's going to look like Russia, China, India and Saudi Arabia and other countries with commodity backed sound money on one side. And then we'll have our infinite fiat on the other. Really? gold standard that's great there's nothing i wish that we would kind of get back to it an eu leader calls for a total ban on russian oil the european union's top official some lady ursula von der leyen addressing the european parliament in strasbourg france proposed having eu member nations phase out imports of crude oil within six months you know the united states could easily take that over i'm just just saying south korea and japan say that north korea launched a ballistic missile towards its eastern waters on Wednesday. South Korean and Japanese officials said that this was after that this took place after North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, the uh, short stack down there that makes everyone in his country get the same haircut, bolstered his nuclear arsenal at the fastest possible pace and threatened to use them against rivals. They don't have rivals. Rivals assumes that they're on like the same level. They really, they don't have that. Elon Musk says he's going to take Twitter public in a few years after the buyout. According to the Wall Street Journal, they said that after uh, he agreed to take Twitter private in a $44 billion deal, he told potential investors he could return the social media company to public ownership after just a few years. He said he plans to stage an initial offering of Twitter in as little as three years after buying it, according to people uh, who are familiar with the conversation. Interesting. And a few other things here. The couple things. Elizabeth Warren got mad during a protest when she was out speaking. I don't. I didn't know if I wanted to play any of this because it's. She really went on the war path. Elizabeth Warren did. Outs. You see what I did? Outside the Supreme Court. Yes, uh, this is just yesterday. She couldn't keep her. She went out there to stage a show. That's why she went out there. She went out there because it was going to be a total show. That's why. That's it. And last but not least, group of furries are harassing kids in school in Cumberland Valley School District. And uh, it was over bathroom rights, really bathroom rights. And apparently people are wearing furry costumes to protest it. I don't know. Our friend Andy McCarthy joins us next on that draft. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. If the court overturns Roe v. Wade, it will be a direct assault on freedom, on the fundamental right of self-determination to which all Americans are entitled. Hmm. I think that the assault was on the Supreme Court with the leaking of this draft. And there has been a lot of speculation on who did it, which apparently there's already an investigation into it. But goodness, I mean, it it really does go a long way in undermining 
the Supreme Court and 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 depending on what they decide, because I think the decision with the Dobbs case, the Mississippi case, I think that that was towards the end of June or end of June, sometime around June, July. Well, if if you have justices who have different opinions from the draft, then as you know, this this draft was apparently authored in February. Is that going to cause a lot of people to wonder if they organically, for the lack of a better way to describe it, change their opinion? Joining us on this, our friend Andy McCarthy. You know him. He's a best-selling author. You read his stuff at NRO and everywhere else, Fox News contributor, and he's a former chief assistant U.S. attorney as well. Andy, always a pleasure, my friend. I loved your your point on this because you'd said that you said that really what ultimately needs to happen is that they they should immediately just release their decision, their their opinion right away because otherwise the leak is going to win. And I think that's a great point because aren't a lot of people going to wonder now if when the opinion comes out in June, July, that whether or not it was organically made? Yeah, Dana, I think that is a tremendous problem if the opinion, whenever it comes out, uh, departs in any significant way from the draft that we've seen, particularly if people change their votes, because that will indicate that if this was done, as it obviously seems to have been done, uh, to put pressure on these justices and intimidate them, then it will show that that worked, which means you'll just get more of the same. In the short term, what I'm more worried about, I I really think every second they don't put this out is really bad for these five justices and their security. And that's what I'm concerned about. And the reason I say that is this. I think it was appropriate for the chief justice. It was welcome for the chief justice to put a statement out expressing determination that they want to get to the bottom of who did this. But he also had to explain that this was a draft opinion. And to the extent there was public confusion about that, it's not binding unless it's issued as an official opinion of the court. You can understand him saying that. Um, But what that means is every second they don't put it out, the crazies out there know that this is the time now to put pressure on these five judges, because once the opinion is out, then it's over. Right. Then we're then we're on to another hysterical phase in our uh, public debate. Yeah. But right now, these these justices, I don't want to be overly dramatic about it. And let's just say I'm talking about intimidation tactics of the type that we've be, become all too familiar with. But they have a target on them right now, because basically they're being told people are being told it's not official yet and these are the five that we need to put pressure on and i just think that's a terrible situation for them to be in and i'd really like to see not only roberts but the progressive justices step up to the plate and say look we disagree with the decision but for the sake of the integrity of the court and the security of our colleagues and our process this needs to go out now and then we can, you know, we can argue whatever we need to argue about it, but they got to get the decision out. Yeah, we're talking with our friend Andy McCarthy. You mentioned Roberts, too, and there's a lot of speculation as to why it was that it was Alito that offered that authored the draft, because and correct me if I'm wrong on this. Isn't it true that if the if the chief justice concurs with the opinion that they can write, they, they can author the majority opinion? Is it weird to you that Alito authored the draft? No, because well. Here's why it's not. Um, I I am pleasantly surprised. I'm thrilled by the opinion. Ho- hopefully, they, it will be the opinion. Um, I've been kind of like the dour 
person on, <laughs> in conservative circles on this. Um, and I'm really not a dour type, but I, on this one, um, but on this one, I have always thought that Roberts would want to, uh, you can't say split the baby in abortion uh, talk, but he would always want <laughs> right. to, um, you know, he would want to massage this so that he upheld Roe. So he wasn't seen as like uh, violating starry decisis and violating precedent, but figure out a way to uphold the Mississippi law. Mm. And I don't think that makes like to me, that doesn't make logical sense, but it makes Robert sense right. in the sense that like he's a, he often um, subordinates the uh, the the logical correct decision to the political prestige of the or the institutional prestige of the court. So, I, I thought that we wouldn't get a sweeping win on this. I thought we would we would end up with something that was kind of you know right. Um, mushy. Right. And so I still think Roberts feels that way, but that would mean he's not in the majority. And the way the court works is if the chief justice is in the majority, he gets to assign the opinion, including to himself. And in most big cases, when Roberts is in the majority, he likes to write it himself. If he's not in the majority, the senior justice who is in the majority gets to assign the opinion. And I think the the two great allies on this issue for, for decades now have been Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito. And I think... Thomas assigned it to his friend and ally Alito, which makes complete sense mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, very much so. And there was a lot there's a lot of discussion that it's just regardless of where someone comes down on the issue of life, that it's just bad law, that the right. entirety of Roe is predicated upon bad law. Talk to us a little bit about this, because, I mean, it's really I, from from my non-lawyer reading, I mean, it really is a distortion of the 14th Amendment. I mean, really, the the privacy clause therein. That's exactly right. And, you know, let's let's just in non-lawyer terms, let's talk about the dog that never barks. Right. Mm. We've heard a lot of hysterical stuff the last 24 hours. Have you heard one left wing pundit say, what's wrong with the Supreme Court? They're misreading the Constitution here. <laughs> Nobody says that because this thing is not defensible as constitutional law. So what you get is, you know, stare decisis, which is the you, the principle that, uh, you know, we don't revisit right. precedent, even wrong precedent, because people make their arrangements about it. Uh, and, you know, we all know that it's not true that the court, the court frequently revisits its precedents. Yeah. And, and, and good, that, for good reason. I mean, good grief. We'd have Dred Scott. I mean, that, that we decision. Would, right. <laughs> Right. And Plessy versus Ferguson yes. and Korematsu and all those great ones. Right. So obviously it, it they revisit their precedents. Starry decisis, you know, when you hear the left in the last 24 hours talk about it, it's like inviolable. You can never revisit precedent. But what it is, is a test, a legal test that weighs a variety of factors for whether you revisit a case or not. And one of the things that weighs in it in favor of Roe versus Wade is that it's been revisited a number of times and the court have has found one reason or another to uphold it. However, all on the other side, it's terrible constitutional law. It's not a little wrong. It's disastrously, ridiculously wrong. And it never had any root in constitutional law. And there's never been any consensus about it. You know, it's always been divisive. 
And the other thing I think that people don't recognize, like I hear this all the time. Um, the court's going to reverse Roe. The court's going to reverse Roe. Well, guess what? We haven't been under Roe since 1982 or 80, was it 92 when uh, when Casey got right. decided. Yep. So Casey maintains the the bottom line ruling of Roe, but it completely over, overhauled the reasoning because the reasoning couldn't be sustained. So now flash forward. What's Casey? Casey isn't a law or a rule of decision that says you can or can't have abortion. It's a formula for for resolving the tension between a woman's health and privacy versus the state's interest in protecting life. And how that comes out depends on, you know, timing and, and, and technology and a lot of other circumstances. But my point here is this has never been stable. Yeah. This has always been something that's it's been challenged again and again and again because it's not a stable law. Like nobody if you don't see a hundred cases about um you know whether you can demonstrate in front of a uh, in, in right. front of a public institution, right? Because it's a settled rule. You have First Amendment rights. There's no point in right. having litigation over that. But the reason you have a million abortion cases is because it's not stable. So for those who say that, you know. People have people have made their arrangements around this for decades. What arrangements have you made around? <laughs> That's for, a great you know, point. It's, it's unstable, number one. And number two, when Roe got decided, there were about 30 states that completely banned abortion and 20 states that allowed it with, you know, in some regulated way, some very lax regulations, some more intense. If they had just let it be, I don't know how much different we would be than that you would probably have more a more lax abortion regime mm -hmm. and there would be some states like you know i i heard you play uh, kamala harris oh yeah you know there, there'd be some states where it's not only lax regulation if you show up the right day you could get the vice president of the united states to perform your abortion for you <laughs> you know it'd be great um and then they'll There'll be other states where, like, you know, Mississippi and Texas, mm -hmm. where the culture is different and where where the regulation will be different. Right. And if they had just left it alone, we not only would have, you know, much, much broader array of abortion law and it would be comfortable for the people who were living in the places where they were living. But it also wouldn't have destroyed the judicial confirmation process. And a lot of our politics. It really hyper so, it really hyper politicized it. It sure did. Sure did. Last quick question for you. We're talking with our friend Andy McCarthy, and we always appreciate his insight into this because he can break it down. I don't think anybody else better can do it. Uh, this you were talking about each of the individual states. You know, obviously Colorado's law uh, pertaining to abortion wildly different from that of Texas and now Mississippi, because this all. I mean, ultimately, if it's overturned, it all goes back. This becomes a Tenth Amendment issue. But what I've been right. hearing from a number of people, lawmakers like Eric Swalwell, and I've even heard it from the President of the United States, is that if this is overturned, then a whole bunch of other stuff stands to be overturned as well. Whether it's same-sex marriage, whether you know it, there a number of things, interracial marriage. I've heard that before as well. I wanted to get your thoughts on that because that seems pretty that seems pretty hyperbolic. And I, I just I, I can't imagine the law, the formula, including that. You know, I think it illustrates, Dana, that the people who are most hysterical about this didn't read what Justice Alito wrote, mm. which is a, a very um, explicit 
uh, explanation of why the abortion jurisprudence is different and how even in the other cases that that uh, are being discussed, uh, they distinguished the abortion cases because they said that was about fetal life. And these other cases are simply not about that. So I think the court was very clear to say, you know, look, what we're talking about here is Roe and Casey. This is not a thread that you can pull on and completely undo all of the, uh, you know, the 14th Amendment jurisprudence of the last 80 years or, or whatever it is. It's simply that's not what the decision says. Now, you can totally understand why they're doing what they do. Right. And I, I've. I felt like this from the beginning. I thought we were going to have to deal with this in June, but we have to deal with it now. So so be it. Um, I've said again and again that if it happened, and I was not optimistic about this, but if we got the best decision that we could get and they got rid of Roe and Casey, the problem the Democrats were going to have is everybody in America was going to wake up the next day and find that the sky hadn't fallen, that things weren't different. That people who wanted abortion, uh, uh, birthing persons who wanted right. abortion or non, I guess they'd be non-birthing persons, right? Um, <laughs> right. They, they could, they'd be able to get abortions. And all this would be a big, you know, the, I think the time for the Democrats is now when they can stir up hysteria and fundraising over this. Because what's going to happen when the decision comes is people are going to say, oh, all right, it went back to the states. They didn't ban abortion. And life goes on and and it really will be life going on. So, uh, you know, good. There you go. Um, And I just don't think it'll be I I just this is the time when it gets to be hysterical, when they can paint this picture of how bad it's going to be. But when it actually happens, it's going to be a nothing burger. And people will be too worried about the recession at that point to really obsess over it before midterms. Goodness. Our good friend, Andy McCarthy, follow him on Twitter, Andrew C. McCarthy. And uh, we'll 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 read your stuff and watch it on television as well, Andy. Thanks so much for breaking this breaking this down for us. We really appreciate your time as always, my friend. Take care. Have a great thanks, rest of Dave. your week. Mm-hmm. You too. Thank you. Hi everyone, Steve Hilton here. You may have seen my show, The Next Revolution, on Fox News, but did you know about my podcast, The Daily California? I live in California and I suffer, along with millions of people, the consequences of the madness, the left-wing madness that is shoved down our throats by the Democrats who've been in power, unchallenged pretty much for so long here. We're fighting back. It's called The Daily California. It's important that we get as many people joining us as possible because, as you know, what starts in California doesn't end there. It can infect the whole country. So join us at The Daily California to help fight back. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation, performance, Caltech. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. I knew Pokemon cards were important to kids. When my kids were younger, they were really, really into Pokemon, like hardcore into Pokemon cards. But I did not know that it went all the way up until you're like in your 20s. So a Pinellas Park Burger King employee was arrested and accused of stealing $150 of Pokemon cards from a Walmart, according to police. Brandon Swivile of Pinellas Park walked into the Walmart and this is in uh, Pinellas Park Monday. 
He walked out with several packs of cards tucked into his pockets and backpack. They said he was captured on a security camera. It was $150 worth of stolen goods. He was arrested for retail theft, and his bond was set at $150, the exact price of his theft. An alligator broke into a Florida family's garage and started chugging Diet Cokes. And there's video. Karen and Jamie Dobson were at their Collier County home watching TV. They told WSVN News they heard a loud crash so loud they thought it was a car crash. They said it was a wicked crash. They went out. Of course, they were Chicago, so they said wicked. Uh, they said they opened up the garage door and there was a gator. And he goes, he very he closed the door real fast and said, Karen, we got an alligator in our garage. And uh, when they looked in, it was it was actually uh, chugging some Diet Cokes. It had gotten into a box of Diet Coke and made a mess. It kept drinking it. They had it for a party they were going to have. They got it safely removed. Stay with us. Remember, the Supreme Court is not the ones that will get the final word on Roe versus Wade. It is Congress that gets the final word. We have the capacity to keep Roe versus Wade as the law of the land. And if we act, then we can do that. So Elizabeth Warren is saying, oh, it's on the ballot now. Audio soundbite eight, Senator, or sorry, nine. Senator Schumer says the same thing. It's on the ballot now. Third, to the American people, I say this. The elections this November will have consequences because the rights of 100 million women are now on the ballot. My rights aren't on the ballot. Just FYI. Um, mm-mm, no. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Wednesday. Almost, for- <laughs> I almost forgot what day it was. It, because you know why? Because now, and I'm going to forget what year it is because now we're back to complaining about, oh, it's women's rights. It's women. I told you this was gonna, they were going to use this as a way to get out the vote. By the way, doesn't it seem like a lot of people are now biologists? Did you guys want to know what your genes thought? Wait, what? Yeah. Do you want to know what your genes thought? Genes? Uh-huh. Huh. Do you want to know? Sure. So Levi Strauss, noted biologist, <laughs> comes out with this statement. Quote, can I get some uh, like sad kitty puppy music? Give me some like a sad instrumental. Hold up. Hold up. They just came out with us. Full stop. Give me some sad piano. Like sad, you know, you're don't totally play Sarah McLaughlin, but because that's just really ridiculous. No words. Just a sad piano. That's not a piano, but it is a stringed instrument. This is from noted biologist Levi Strauss. Quote, as the pandemic has so wait, I got to stop. You can't. Nope. I got to have the sad music. I don't want to hear the damn singing either. Steve, give me a piano instrumental. Sad DJ fun uncle. Guys, it's going to be worth it. They just came out with this, So I couldn't have planned this. They just came out with a statement. It's very important that you understand what your genes think. I'm waiting for shoes to chime in. What about Ziploc bags? What about storage, plastic storage baggies, snack bags? <gasps> Ooh, Caboodle. Remember Caboodle? Are they going to come out? Is your makeup organizer going to come out with a, with a statement? As the pandemic has shown so clearly, says noted biologist Levi Strauss, public health issues 
are workplace issues. Business leaders are responsible for protecting health and well-being of our employees, and that includes protecting reproductive rights and abortion access. Access to reproductive health care, including abortion. It's been a critical factor to the workplace gains, blah, blah, blah. It disproportionately affects women of color. It puts their well-being at risk and impedes diverse hiring pipelines. So will someone think of the pipelines? Women in some states would have fewer rights than women in others, and our country would be consigned to a more unjust and inequitable future. It's a fraught conversation. It's not something we, as jeans, the pants, enter into lightly. Oh, they say, given what is at stake, business leaders like people who make jeans, the pants, like us, need to make their voices heard and act to protect the wealth and well-being of our employees. That means protecting reproductive rights. Signed, Levi Strauss, noted situational biologist. Um. Hmm. If they're going to act to protect the well-being of their employees, are they going to fashion together? What's the thing that, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like, are they going to make a little denim bard access down there? <laughs> I can't think of the name for it. <laughs> it momentarily left my mind. Uh, chastity belt. Thank you. Are they going to make a denim chastity belt? Unless Levi Strauss is making a denim chastity belt. I'm just, you know, why are you, you make jeans. They jumped in the gun control thing and then they got mad at some lady because she wanted to reopen schools. So they're all over the place. I don't wear Levi Strauss because their jeans suck. I'm really snotty about my denim. I don't like their jeans. Uh, But why? And they want to let you know that they are going to reimburse people for healthcare related travel experiences. Expenses for services not available in their home state. So I guess if people want to go get an abortion because they just they just felt like that's the form of birth control they want, that Levi Strauss, the jeans, are going to cover it. Why does a corporation always have to get involved in everything? It's so annoying now. I don't, I don't, even if you agree with me, I almost don't care. Like there's only a couple instances where I care. Because like, like for, and because we have Patriot Mobile that advertises on the show. You don't well, there aren't anybody that there isn't another cell phone service that, that doesn't use your money to fund progressivism. So that's why I think it's kind of important. But they don't even they don't weigh in on all this stuff. They just show up at March for Life. That's it. By the way, have you noticed how March for Life, where you have millions of people that literally march for life every year in DC doesn't get any media coverage, but a bunch of Karen's rioting over abortion does? Exactly. But I, why do why do business leaders need to come out constantly and tell people where they are? Hello, we make ice cream. We're here to tell you about, talk to you about the sex and that. I just find it out. Look, I'm, I'm, fine, I'm fine with a business doing whatever it is the business wants to do. But it's weird that they don't want future jean wearers. So I assume that all their jeans are gender neutral. Right? I guess. But I mean, why would you encourage you know, eliminating future jean wearers. Like, 
these babies will grow up to wear jeans. If you're going to fund... Will they, though? If you're going to fund, you know, the eliminating I of just, these children... I just hope that they stop marketing for different men and women because... I mean, why is this an issue about women's rights? Men can get pregnant, too. We were told that. It's science. science. So men can also get pregnant. So, yeah. what's the, It's not women's rights anymore. You, shut up, women. It's not about your rights. Because the men are here, and they can also have the babies, right? And then... What other companies are going get to in, get involved in this? I'm just trying to think, like, what about the people who make light bulbs? Right? As you screw in your light bulb, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> oh, we're not going to tell. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go there. I want to really bad because I do enjoy watching Kane get very uncomfortable and wonder if we're going to get canceled. But we're uncancelable. But I still, right? I just kind of want to know, like, what, what else is going to get in there? What else is going to, what else, what other companies are going to come out and advertise? I mean, what about Chevy? You know, any, anything. What about orange juice? What does your orange juice think, though? I can't feel seen until my orange juice makes a statement. <laughs> what else? What else? Oh, what about the, uh, the Haynes people? They make socks and stuff. I don't feel validated until I look on a sock package. And I see myself represented somehow. Are these cis socks? Who socks? Cis socks. <laughs> Who's cis? Cis socks. <laughs> it is. <laughs> are we getting played? Are we a reality show for aliens? I feel like we are at this point because I would watch us. <laughs> I would totally watch us. <laughs> That's the only way that any of this nonsense makes sense, right? Oh, my gosh. Anybody else want to weigh in? Any other companies? What about the Skittles? Y'all want to weigh in on this? You have. Never mind. Uh, what else? Any other ca- nerds? The candy? What about like Huggies? <laughs> the diapers? Yeah. That that would kind of hurt their business. Yeah, Notice the seems, diaper people are real silent about this. Seems antithetical to their... We don't want to actually hurt our population, so <laughs> we can't really come out and talk about this very much. I'm just, you know, just curious about all this stuff. Like, what else? What else? Anything else? Anybody else want to come out and weigh, weigh in on this? Any other fast food places? Burger King, you want to weigh in on this? I mean, come on. I know we make hamburgers, but when we're not busy in the kitchen, we're biologists. <laughs> so it's also stupid. I don't, I'm just of the mind that the left told me that you have to be a biologist to discern whether or not you have a... Uh, vagina or not and I just think unless you're a biologist then maybe you shouldn't be talking about this you know kind of stay in your little lane right isn't that how it is that's what the left said and I'm pretty sure all these people from Chuck Schumer to uh, Elizabeth Warren who's on that warpath she's really on the warpath like our ancestors were back in the days of Jackson when they rounded up actual indigenous Americans and put them on the trail of genocide but I digress they're none of them are biologists not a single one. Not a single one. I'm just trying to think of like some basic everyday items that people use. What about paper towels? Brawny. Didn't they put a chick on the cover? Brawny, the paper towels. 
because apparently there was some broad out there who's like, I just, this paper towel is a picture of a man on it, so it must mean I can't use this paper towel. Because as a man, I don't feel seen. Everything I believe has to be represented on the packaging of the products I use. I just don't feel seen otherwise. Just feel invisible. I'm invisible. I could make fun of this all the rest of the day. I kind of want to, right? Gosh. I just, um, everything is, is so stupid. Where's the sweet meteor of death? I'm just waiting. I'm just trying to think of average everyday products that I'm just looking around like hand lotion. Where? Oh boy. There's a whole other. <laughs> <laughs> they may have more of a motivation. Than I was going to say, there may be thought. something else. There may be something else there. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't, I don't wear Levi's because I think their cuts are weird, right? They're, can I, they, they're cut for people. I just don't like the way they cut their pants. I never have. And I've never really liked how their jeans fit. I don't like the drape, Kane. I don't like that drape. But I just, why do they have to sit here? Okay, good for you. You're doing, you're, you're doing whatever. That's what your company believes. But see, they want the media attention. These people are so thirsty. They're thirsty. I asked if Levi Strauss was a biologist. Doesn't, uh, isn't a lot of their stuff made in China too? Hang on. Hang on. Uh, Levi Strauss, since they just came out with us. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, they're manufactured in China. Hmm. Look at that. So, I mean, really, ultimately, they're just embracing the Xi Jinping uh, uh, ideology. Right? Hmm. Because that's Xi Jinping is all about the abortions. That's what they they had the one child policy. And then they put themselves into a generational bind. So there there you have it. Hmm. Uh, So now we know that that's what Jeans thinks. We have a, a few other things to get into, including why it is that these other corporations are very insistent on making sure that people they dislike do not own do not own uh, social media companies. We have this that we're going to get into, and we're also going to get into, I got some of the latest stuff with Russia as well, because there, now there's, there's uh, some murmurs of a potential Kremlin coup. Just some murmurs. We'll explore that. And Joe Biden believes apparently that Donald Trump has no more influence and also that Donald Trump's MAGAcrat is the most extreme political group in history, says the guy from the party that believes in abortion up until the baby crowns. But okay. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Well, goodness, there's some bodies being found. Uh, A couple renovating a century house found bones beneath the floorboards. A 150-year-old house. They were renovating the property to flip it. They're a young married couple. They've been sharing their journey on Tech Talk. And they snapped up this bungalow for $25,000. They were going to turn it into a three-bedroom, two-story home. And then they found the body. It was in a crawl space under some floorboards. And they found it on video. You could see the dust and the debris and bones were scattered about. It was a body. They do actually have skeletons. The house had good bones also. There's like a million jokes to make. Uh, But they reported it to the police and then that's what... There you go. So... They have to have an anthropologist take possession of it, and it's just, it's, it's too, 
It's a there, there's I didn't realize all the stuff that you have to that you had to do. A 45 foot tall mountain of trash in Snohomish County could just burst into flames. In Everett, Washington, this sounds like a Wally subplot. It was a big problem, multi million dollar, 45 foot tall mountain of trash. It's in the Everett Transfer Station. Public Works fear that the pile, which has been building for weeks, could just burst into flames. They said that they have to watch the pile 24 hours a day. Duh. Because it could spontaneously combust within the pile itself. It began to form in early April and it just kept compiling and pressing. What do you do from it? What do you, like, how do you get rid of it? Do you, how, well, what do you do? It, it, it handles 50% of the county's trash. And uh, now that Lake Mead, because there's a lot of people consuming water, more so much than the drought, uh, but they said the mob's given up, but the Lake Mead's given up the mob secrets. Apparently they found a body. The body was identified as being from the 80s, uh, but it was uh, discovered. So a woman screamed on the beach because she walked over and there was a body in a barrel, in an actual barrel. Stay with us. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. Before Russia attacked, we made sure Russia had javelins and other weapons to strengthen the defenses so Ukraine was ready for whatever happened. What? What? That's okay. So that was first off, that's the president yesterday. And he was, I actually had to look at the uh, transcript of this audio soundbite. Before Russia we attacked, we made sure they had, Russia had javelins and other weapons to, so that Ukraine, uh, he, and then he said, where was the, wait, where's the Hungarian thing? Okay, play this, because he also said this, this, I think this, if memory serves, this is the exact same speech, listen. And just a few days ago, the Wall Street Journal quoted a young Hungarian fighter saying, and I quote, Without the javelins, it would have been very hard to stop the enemy pushing ahead. End of quote. <sighs> okay. Young Hungarian fighter. Okay. He also said this, audio somebody 12, every once in a while he makes a mistake, not like, well, once a speech. Listen. By the way, sometimes the press is always fair with me, but once, every once in a while I make a mistake. Not like what well, once a, a speech, but anyway, I years ago when I first started talking to this uh, for this job. Yeah, well, there you have it. Hmm. 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 Yeah. There you go. Our president, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here with you this Wednesday, and I speaking of Russia. There was this, and I feel like it's important just, you know, to bring you up to speed on all of this stuff. I was reading this very interesting piece that was exploring as to whether or not there are rumors, or, well, there are rumors, but whether or not they're true is a whole other story of a potential Kremlin coup, is what it's being called. Uh, Disgruntled generals have joined looking to oust Putin and end the Ukrainian war, according to one report. Rumors swirling that a number of former generals and KGB officials, they want to oust him. It's seen increasingly across Russia, the invasion into Ukraine, as a strategic mistake and an economic disaster. Russian Security Services, FSB, apparently some of these people, they're very frustrated about no military progress. They've lost a number of generals. 
They've lost a lot of equipment. They've made themselves pariahs on the world stage. They're, the ruble is worthless now. Uh, there's, there's, and then people are getting, you know, these oligarchs are getting sanctioned right and left. And they don't like that. They're, they're, and they, there's not any gains for it. They don't see, they don't see any reason. Like, why, why is this still, they, they see no benefit to all of this. And so they said that uh, one Russian security expert, he's at the Center for European Policy Analysis, said that Putin's been bracing for a coup for some weeks because this quote-unquote special operation did not go well. And there's FSB is the security apparatus. That's their security service, Russian security service. And apparently the relationship that FSB had with Putin has just entirely deteriorated. They had FSB, two top FSB senior officers uh, were put under house arrest. Putin put them under house arrest. And uh, one of the guys who writes uh, for Agentura, which is an investigative website, similar to kind of like Bellingcat, said that uh, Sergei Beseda, the head of the Fifth Service, that's there, the foreign intel branch of FSB, and his deputy had been detained and put under house arrest. So it looks like Putin's not pleased he's very displeased with with fsb now they said there could be some significant changes at senior levels but you've had three top guys who have been placed under house arrest by putin and that there's growing and because there has been criticism of him one of his one of his generals one of his military officials resigned i didn't can you do that i mean they're pretty commie can they can you just like resign over there? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. And so, but there there also is the, the thought that it's unlikely to remove him because the, uh, the there, he's, it, there, he does have a lot of loyalty there, but that they, it, it, it would be more of a change of regime at FSB more so than just removing Putin. Who knows? But I will say the one thing that I think that the United States did well is that what the information that we were providing Ukraine was helpful in them being able to uh, fend off and boost their defenses against Russian, the Russian invasion. And so we did use our surveillance, satellite surveillance, et cetera, of their movements and provide that intelligence that was reported last week, provide that intelligence uh to them so that they were and which worked out incredibly incredibly well intel and the ability to surveil that way has been apparently russia doesn't have that same capability which kind of shocked me now they're ending their participation in iss and i'm wondering how that's going to affect their other you know i i just it's for all of the and that just goes to show you how much of it was propaganda because for all of the propaganda that we heard um they're getting their asses kicked six ways to sunday by they had their biggest uh their biggest, their flagship in the Black Sea, totally destroyed by, and I said this two weeks ago, by a nation that doesn't even have a, a de facto navy. Just wild. So much of this was just posturing and, and propaganda, which we kind of all, you know, suspected. And that's when in the very beginning I wanted to tell you about the way that they were, how their equipment was falling apart and the way that they were taking care and maintaining equipment, because that's a huge, that's incredibly significant. 
So who knows what's, I really don't think, I mean, don't you just have like another Skeksis waiting in the wings if he, you know, kicks the bucket, if he shuffles off this mortal coil, isn't there just another Skeksis waiting in the wings to take his spot? Isn't that how it works? I mean, they come out of a commie factory over there, right? Who's going to, who's going to take over? Curious. So one of the other stories I was telling you, speaking of tyranny, the CDC paid six figures for our data to enforce the lockdown. They kept saying, Vice had this story, what they were, they kept saying that, no, 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 no. We weren't like watching individual people. We were looking for trends. Yeah, that's it. Trends. Wink. It, the broker that they were working with is pretty controversial. It's called SafeGraph. And they have Peter Thiel, who is an investor, but they have a, another Saudi Intel head as one as among its other investor. I don't think that investors, a lot of people like to use investors as like guilt by association. That's, they try to go after him by that. But it's controversial in the amount of, in the, in the data and everything that they collect. And so apparently what the CDC purchased was aggregated data following movements of groups of people. But researchers apparently were very concerned because location data can be de-anonymized and used to track specific people. Apparently it's not hard to engage in some specificity there. And the documents were saying that the safe graph data was, quote, critical for ongoing response efforts, like hourly monitoring of activity in curfew zones to detailed counts of visits for participating pharmacies for vaccine monitoring. The documents are from 2021. That's some straight up Xi Jinping stuff. And the CDC also, according to one cybersecurity researcher who told was telling Vice this, they said, the, and by the way, I'm not a fan of Vice. They're kind of lefty. But this is unreal. And this is a legit report. CDC, they said, uh, according to the cybersecurity researcher, purposefully created an open-ended list of use cases, monitoring the curfews, neighbor-to-neighbor visits, visits to churches, visits to schools, pharmacies, all kinds of uh, analysis. And the document didn't just stop at churches. So if you're Jewish, it went to every place of worship. If you're Muslim... You know, every place of worship. And it had a long list of what the CDC described as 21 potential CDC uses for uh, the data. So here's three, quote, track patterns of those visiting K-12 schools by the school and compare to 2019, compare to EPI metrics, which apparently stands for Environmental Performance Index. Two, examination of the correlation of mobility patterns data and rise in COVID cases, movement restrictions, interregional NIE curfews to show compliance. Three, examination of effectiveness on public policy on Navajo Nation. And there were a lot. Now, in the beginning, you remember, and it notes this too, in New York Times and others, they were showing that cell phone, they were writing about how, how, Cell phone location data could be useful when, you know, you want to show where people are going once lockdown started to lift or how poor communities couldn't shelter in place as much as those who were rich, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that because they really I think they really were trying to use it. The left was trying to use this very much as like a culture war in the meantime here. You're you're 
nobody's focusing on the real battle, which is the government getting all this data and tracking every single person's movement. And how, again, researchers were, researchers were saying that there was no guarantee that you wouldn't have, you know, very uh, specific instances that you could get down to just literal individual specificity with the results, not just like broader groups. And even if it was broader groups, I don't care. Why in the world do they have this? Why And why was our government using our tax dollars, almost $500? Why were they using our tax dollars to monitor and purchase information on how people were moving? Oh, is this, are they going to church? Look, this group's going to church. What is this group doing? Oh, oh, oh. That's freaky deaky, man. Are you all right over there, Kane? You know, I mean, are you going to turn off your all your location location data? I think if you turn off your location data, I already it's have still, actually. I have too, but I think it still can track you. Well, I didn't vote for the CDC to have this power, though. Is the thing? Why are you anti-vax? <laughs> right. And the cell phone. I, I mean, look, this is how they do it. Oh, we have to use this information because it's a pandemic. Yeah, it's so it's for your health. It's <laughs> emergency authorization. Emergency authorization. My way, well, the emergency's over. We just forgot that we still had this information here. And we're using it. Mm. Fait accompli. Good heavens. The procurement documents say that, quote, this is an urgent COVID 19 PR re- per- procurement request. Expedite purchase. Wow. And they said, now here's, here's, ah, ah. Two sentences for you. CDC, they write, this is in the report, also plans to use mobility data and services acquired through this acquisition to support non-COVID-19 programmatic areas and public health priorities across the agency, including but not limited to travel to parks and green spaces, physical activity and mode of travel, population migration before, during, and after natural disasters. The mobility data obtained in this contract will be available for CDC agency-wide use and will support numerous CDC priorities, end quote. You're not even guaranteed that it's going to just, anybody could use it. That's wild. I just told you yesterday, Italy already adopted a behavioral social credit system. I'm telling you, we're not far behind, man. Mm-mm-mm. We have more to come. We're all just waiting for that sweet meteor of death at this point. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you go today, sign up for that newsletter over at Chapter, and it's Chapter and Verse over at Substack, and I always send out good stuff every day, and I was looking over this uh, thing, how a George Soros organization, it's Media Matters, through, funded through the Tides Foundation, they, along with Clinton acolytes and former Clinton and Obama staffers, they has, they've... Uh, they're trying to, they sent this letter to all these corporations and they're demanding media matters, demanding that these corporations sign on to, you know, they will not advertise with uh, Twitter if Elon Musk makes any changes to reconsider. And this media matters is very anti-speech. It is a far left organization funded uh, through George Soros's Tides foundation this is just and they have to keep their 990s i've been in the media matters office and i've seen their 990s so i know exactly how they're funded and how they operate so this is 
a far left organization that's trying to run this hate campaign just because they're livid over Elon Musk and they have uh, they're demanding that these corporations pull their uh, their funding and their their advertising dollars from Twitter uh, if he makes any changes and it has the women's march the anti-semitic women's march uh, it has uh, abortion groups far left groups BLM all this stuff that have signed on to it interesting is it not they are going to go after David Brock he's the guy who founded it with some Clinton people David Brock back in the 90s was a Republican and from what I understand he fell out with the popular kids he wrote this book about the clintons and apparently it didn't it wasn't very good and it didn't get a lot of the attention and so that bitterness sort of propelled him motivated him to start hating his own side because they didn't give him this like huge reception for his book and so he started becoming liberal because i think i think if you act like that you're kind of always a liberal you know what i mean and he was it's i mean it's a real grifting mentality and so he kind of he turned after that and that's ultimately yeah and he's got and his bodyguard fun fact uh the guy who founded media matters his bodyguard uh got busted for illegal carry in dc after they ran all these pieces against carry and all this and his employees accused him of being like this huge cokehead daily caller to this amazing expose a few years back and it was pretty stunning uh, it was a pretty stunning read so, yeah, they're, that's the group. That is the group that's going after Musk. All right, today in Stupidity, Kane. All right, looks like uh, HHS Secretary Xavier Becerra, he's uh, willing to double down with the powers of the HHS in relation to the leak that we saw the other day. America is not a nation prone to re- regression, and the Department of Health and Human Services is not in the business of stripping Americans of access and protections to care. So at HHS, we will double down on our authorities to protect every American's right. Double down on their authorities. I wonder what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, that what does means. that mean? But yeah, it's stupid to uh, posture this way. Yeah, exactly. Folks, that does it for us today. Hope you have a great evening. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter, and I'll be back with you tomorrow.